In a world where best laid plans go astray, there are two separate but equally important groups. Those who create history with their stupidity and the shit show podcast that covers them. These are their stories. Good day, fellow lovers of Schadenfreude. <laughs> yes! Hello! And welcome to Shit Show, uh, your weekly podcast covering all of the times in history, now, the present, and possibly the future, where the wheels come off man's ideas, inventions, events, and basically everything. History, now, and then further in time. Well, if you're listening for the first time because you've copped uh, the immense amount of very undeserved press that we've gotten in the last week. Thoroughly undeserved. This is what you're in for. We are hacks. <laughs> Welcome to the shit show. <laughs> you are joined by myself, Gus, and uh, obviously my co-host, Rig. Yep. How are you, great man? Good, mate. I'm, I'm very good. Uh, people who know my real name have actually commented on my status being like, are you Gus or Rig? <laughs> I'm definitely Rig. I'm definitely Rig. You are Gus. That would be immense. <laughs> if your real name was Gus, my real name was Paul, and we decided to make it Gus and Rig. Flip the stakes. Anyway, oh, so uh, so you've been well? You're uh, you're emceeing a week, uh, wedding on the weekend, weren't I you? I emceed a wedding on the weekend. I had, yeah, the, I took a, a wrong left turn at Albuquerque with that uh, <laughs> with, with that full glass of, of Laphroaig, and uh, it, it just got weird from there, but... It's uh, it was a great weekend. Saw some uh, two, saw two of my good mates get married. But um, I'm back in the booth and I'm ready to roll. I've got some <laughs> delicious train wrecks for you this week and other segments. Why yeah. don't tell the good people about what uh, we've got in store for them? Yeah. So Rick has the segments this week, which means that he will be taking you through some uh, some comedic morsels or possibly non-comedic. I mean, it's it's your show to judge. So if you don't like it, then it's supposed to be unfunny. <laughs> if you, <laughs> if you don't like it, you can get out. Uh, oh, speaking of weddings, so I got married a couple of years ago, as you know, and my wedding suits were made by uh, the same bloke that made my swan suit. Yeah. Uh, the fly and fly out uh, international man of tailory, Mr. Yeah. Charles Tang. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Charles has started to lose his mind. He flies into Sydney to do suits. My brother is using him for his wedding. Yeah. So I've recently, after... Uh, going outside of the Charles Tang fold, come back into it through my brother's need for suits. <laughs> and this is the email that he sends out. He's gone, Dear my friends, I hope you are well and I am fine. <laughs> Here is attachment of coming to Sydney. Thank you for your support and I wish see your friends too. Please send the friar in the morning. <laughs> Uncle Charles. <laughs> Uncle Charles. I'm like, I have no idea what has happened since we last spoke. <laughs> my shit is off the chain. But I haven't spoken to my auntie in a while. <laughs> anyway, so into the first segment, it is uh, Trainwreck Trophy. It is. Rig has gone through Google. He's put the word Trainwreck or a derivative of the word Trainwreck, depending on uh, how much he's stuck to the script. <laughs> How lean the week is. And he's come up with a series of results, whittled them down to a gentleman's three. Mm. What have you got? Right, mate. So this week, you are in the world of entertainment. I'm from the world of originally advertising. And I can tell you, and I think you know, and I think a lot of our listeners would know if they were in any of those industries, print deadlines are fucked. Yeah, they're, they're not great. Getting, <laughs> they're, they're, neither are... Uh, it, it completely, podcast deadlines, of which yeah. we've missed two of this week. <laughs> but it completely goes against how 
people got so into saying shit like, send it to print, as if it was just going to happen right <laughs> away. Because that's not what happens in the real world. In the real world, they go, give us the assets, send it to print. <laughs> 12 weeks later, you've got what you asked for. Yeah, yeah. It's a, which sometimes is good because... I, for one, don't really proof yeah. that much stuff before it goes to print. And I'm also very fond of using the phrase, send it to print, yeah. when I mean something is good, which yeah. almost totally fucked us <laughs> yeah. with, the, with the brag cover that we were recently on. Because we got sent the proof. I didn't really look at it, uh, but in a word of encouragement said, send it to print, not thinking this is an actual publication. Yeah, I, you, you've got to stop using that phrase when we're in the pub... Uh, <laughs> Your wife and I, and I asked if you wanted a beer, and you just said send it to print. I didn't really know what to say. Yeah, it didn't work out great. No. Anyway, so, so the publishing, the, the printing, print, print deadlines, they're awful. Assets are required sometimes months in advance, as we that we just mentioned, uh, especially if large printing runs are required. Large printing runs like nationally circulated calendars. Okay. Usually, this wouldn't be such a huge deal if not for the fact that this train wreck concerns the National Rugby League or NRL. Oh, they for our overseas listeners. They shouldn't be doing calendar. Here's where things take a turn. Okay. Because what is certain in sports? Sports people are not to be trusted with the calendar. My answer was absolutely nothing. Oh, okay. There is nothing certain. We cer- really went in very different directions with there, that. There is nothing certain. <laughs> stop thinking laterally. I've told you to stop doing that. Okay. In this day and age, free agency reigns supreme, allowing players and their managers to negotiate deals and go to different clubs. You oh, could probably can tell where, where this, this is going. going. <laughs> the Canterbury Bulldogs 2018 calendars hit the shelves this past week. Oh, no. Permanently emblazoned on the front cover of four players. One of which is James Graham. Mm -hmm. The problem here is that James Graham is no longer a Bulldog and will be playing for the Dragons come the 2018 (laughs) season. Ah, brutal. Like... You've, and wasn't he the captain? Yeah, he was a ca- he was the really pale. Yeah, the English guy. The English guy. He looks like a giant baby. Mm. Uh, and so, so you're not sure whether he's supposed to be blonde or red haired. Yeah, it's just a or, or like just really like white possible yeah. albinism. Yeah. I've got no idea. Anyway, to James Graham, thank you for listening to the show. Uh, <laughs> I guess we'll see you on a different thing. We are never giving you our address or our contact information. Not only that, but Brett Morris is also on the cover, who has been linked to other clubs. Not only that, but the Newcastle Knights are in the same boat as Dane Gagai is featured on their calendar despite the fact he signed a four-year deal to play for the Rabbitohs from next year. Not only that... Oh, man. (laughs) But Matt Moylan from the Penrith Panthers is on their calendar, but after having a scuffle with the coach, was placed on indefinite leave and is halfway out the door. Well, these things, they come in threes. I'm not surprised. But the thing is, why would you bother? It goes back to the question that you raised before. Send it to print. Why the fuck would you bother? Who is buying calendars in the age of smartphones? Everything is at your fingertips. What is the point? Of a calendar in this day and age. I've never had a chat in the pub that started with, oh, my Panthers calendar came in the mail today. Pretty fucking awesome. No chat has started like that. Well, as a start, how many Panthers fans do you know? None. Exactly. So that's a very... (laughs) That is a... That's an irrational scenario to pose. Yes, because I'm known as the Bastion of Rationality. That's my nickname for you. Everyone else calls you Rig. I call you Bastion of Reality. (laughs) Just Bastion. So uh, that Bass. is the first... <laughs> Bass. Kick his ass, Z-Bass. <laughs> right. That's the first train wreck. The second train wreck 
is Megan Kelly. Megan Kelly, have you heard of Megan Kelly at all? No, but I feel like this is one of those questions where I'm supposed to of and I'm about to be made to look like an absolute fuckhead. That's what I'm all about doing this show, <laughs> making you look like an absolute fuckhead. Megan Kelly, so she's a TV show host over in the US and recently got her own gig on NBC. Mm-hmm. But uh, what has to do with this train wreck and something that's very important to the story is that she was previously with Fox News. Go on. For many, many years. Okay. That's, that's, I've filed that. And on her Fox show, the formula was like that of many of the Fox News shows, um, as, as people might have have seen or heard about. Yep, 400 scrolling news bars. Just outrage and scare the masses about the mm. troubles of the day. Immigrants coming to take your jabs. Muslims are coming. Yep. The gay mafia wants to force you to make them cakes. Yep. Like, shit like that. And she was good at it. Like, real, real good. So good, in fact, that NBC threw her a $17 million a year contract to have her own crack. Shit, that is... Uh, at NBC. Is that a crap load for news? That seems but it seems on the upper side. But technically it's not news because this time it's a daytime talk show where she interviews celebrities. So you've literally taken the pit bull out of the dog fight and uh, put it into a chicken coop. What could possibly go wrong? Only in this case you're talking about Pitbull the rapper slash <laughs> feature artist. <laughs> so in her first week she had interviews with the cast of Will and Grace. So the show's being taped and a super fan in the audience of Will and Grace was a gay lawyer and obviously loved the show very much. Kelly's response to the fan asking a question of the cast was, is it true that you became a lawyer and you became gay because of Will? Oh, that is offensive on one very large level. So that's caused a bit of an uproar in the uh, LGBTI community. And Deborah Messing, who plays Grace, Mm -hmm. said later that she regretted going on. That's not even the worst thing that happened to Megan Kelly this week. Later in the week, she interviews Jane Fonda and Robert Redford. She starts by saying how amazing Fonda looks and how she's aged with strength and unapologetically to the audience's approval. Mm -hmm. Then she follows this up with the following... You admit you've had work done, which I think is to your credit, but you look amazing. I read that you said you're not proud to say that you've had work done. Why not? (laughs) Fonda, do we really have to talk about this now? Kelly, well, one of the things people think when they look at you is how amazing you look. Fonda, well, thanks. Good attitude, good posture, I take care of myself. But let me tell you why I love this movie that we did. Our Souls at Night, rather than Plastic Surgery. Shit got real heavy. <laughs> Her face is like the move. Simpsons dude <laughs> sucking on a lemon. Like, fighting back tears. Like, just... Sh- Jane Fonda looks fucking pissed. As you would be. Yeah. If there's anything I know about women, which is fuck all... <laughs> I was about to say, it's that, it's where that, is this particular It's that you going? would never ask that sort of question. Mm. And especially on live television. Yeah, there's an unwritten rule about plastic surgery, I feel, if you're a daytime or a nighttime television host, yeah. which is don't mention the war. <laughs> it, it happens. A lot of people, like, you don't go into an interview with William Shatner and go, great, so you look like a wax sculpture. Let's discuss <laughs> your face and how it never changes. And But it, it, it's just one of those things where it's like, I can't believe you, you, you went up on live TV and asked that straight to her face. Why can't you be like the rest of us? And just speculate from far away in a dimly lit bar <laughs> yeah. and just be like, those are definitely fake. Yeah, yeah, totally. So All that right. is train wreck number two. Oh, it's awkward. The third train wreck, Dove.
Go on. This is uh, this one has come to us courtesy of one of our listeners and supporters of the show, Mr. Dan Jones. Thank you, Dan, for sending this in. Good on you, Dan. So, Dove, the company responsible for delicious chocolates and soap. Mm. Oh, I sh- okay. I should know. That, I that eat dove. both of them. Good. As... <laughs> As a beauty brand, so fresh. <laughs> as a beauty brand, Dove has been responsible for that sort of backlash against skinny is perfect ideals that have permeated throughout the industry for years. Sure. They were one of the first major companies that started saying stuff like real is beautiful, beauty comes in all shapes and sizes, just really inclusive yeah. shit that has been diluted. Have, have you had plastic surgery? <laughs> all, the, all the really just, natural questions. Just really inclusive sort of shit that has been diluted to the point that it has now become the catch cry on every Tumblr page. And ironically... <laughs> And ironically, on the Instagram profiles of models who actually do adhere to the skinniest perfect ideals, just learn to love yourself. And she's got an eight pack. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. A- love ab- the skin you're in. And absolutely. You're just like, wow. Uh, so they're usually also pretty bang on about uh, diversity as well. Mm-hmm. Most ads since the Real Is Beautiful revolution have featured not only women of all sizes but women of all races. Good. And it's super popular. Women so it lo- should be. It sh- so it should be. Women love the marketing. They love the product. They're universally loved. They're the Morgan Freeman of companies. Well, I speak for soap-loving men when I say, good on you. Yeah. Good on yeah. you, Dove. That is until an ad went up on social media this week advertising Dove Body Wash. I'm going to explain it to you. It's one of those four-panel dealios. Okay. Okay. So you're reading it's it. cartoon. Top left to right. And then bottom left to right. Sure. So you, that's how you, you're following the story. You're going to walk me yes, and the I rest am. of our listeners yes, I am. through a cartoon. It's not a cartoon. Dove has never done cartoons. Okay. But it's a, <laughs> so it's a four-panel animated It's a, a four-panel digital tile that has been put on their Facebook feed to advertise for body wash. Is it photos or is it drawn? They're photos. Okay. So it's not a cartoon. Why do you think that? Why do you keep thinking it's animated? Because it's a four... That's a You know, the four-panel... I'm not from advertising. <laughs> <laughs> if You've never ca- seen a four-panel picture on Facebook? They can have photos. We have the technology. <laughs> what the hell? I, yeah, I don't use filters. I don't know what's... Okay, go on. <laughs> so, it's a, it's one of those four-panel deals. Cartoons, yeah. <laughs> okay, just explain the cartoon. Uh, the, <laughs> the first panel shows Mickey Mouse. No. So, the first panel... <laughs> It's not fucking animated. Okay, so the the first panel, the top left, shows a black woman smiling and getting ready to take her T-shirt off. Yep. The next two panels are her lifting the shirt over her head. Okay. Okay. And the final panel is the the reveal that, ta-da, underneath is a white woman. Oh. Dove body wash. No, 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 no. no. Dove body wash. They learnt... Black woman (laughs) turns to white woman. Dove body wash. See, I can't help but feel that if this was animated, it wouldn't have been such a big deal. (laughs) I think you know that this has got people pretty fucking riled up. Oh, if there's one thing that makes people irate across all races, it is the concept that you can... Soap away your black skin. Your blackness, yeah. That is, people are just baying for blood yeah. online. As they should. And that's that's really bad. Dove comes out and they say in their tweet apology, Oh no. We've missed the mark. Mm. 
What was the fucking mark? Yeah, this is the part where companies... What was the mark? Companies got to throw their uh, advertising agencies under the bus. Who has sat in a room and been like, okay, this is what we've got uh, in terms of our ideas for the Facebook feed. Top left panel, black lady, taking off her shirt, white woman, dove body wash. Love it, send it to print. <laughs> and then they've gone... There's no bad ideas in this room. No... Uh, what if it was animated? Fuck you, get out. <laughs> We're making what these about photos. A bit of Mickey Mouse in there. No. So someone's actually approved this and they have missed the mark in just the worst way imaginable but it's not the first time a couple of years ago they actually had a thing where they were they were advertising for one of their products which actually said printed on the side of the bottle for normal to dark skin oh come on guys what even if that was somehow <laughs> miraculously scientifically true why yeah why put it on there just make a shampoo or a soap that t- works for all humans I would not... Does it doesn't matter. I would not be pissed if someone told me... That a soap could exactly make your skin darker? No, no, exactly like it is on the side of the bottle. If someone said, using the term that I use for my own skin, if it goes, body wash from deathly pallor to dark skin, <laughs> I'd be like, fantastic. Well, I know my translucent skin can totally. get a good wash. Skin type. Central European. <laughs> Skin type, Casper. <laughs> that's like that's that, that's all it should say. But that is the third train wreck for today. Meaning that uh, I'll go over the the three train wreck yeah. trophy contenders quick, for you. Quick again. recap. Quick recap. So the NRL calendars went to print way too early. A lot of the players who were featured on there no longer going to be at those respective clubs. Megan Kelly comes out hard <laughs> out of the gate. Yeah, goes from hard hitting. Uh, scare tactics on Fox News to a fluff show where she still thinks she's on Fox News. <laughs> and then there's Dove, who reckons you can scrub the black away with their body wash. Who are you going with? It's a, again, this is a no contest for the second week in a row. You cannot, in any form of business, use an ad that basically suggests that uh, not only is white skin superior to black skin, but that there is a soap that can remove said black skin and turn it into white skin. It's it's Dove. Yeah. Dove is Dove is our train wreck this week. Well Dove wins the train wreck trophy this week, which means it's time to play the anthem. Train wreck Train wreck Train wreck Trophy. trophy. Alrighty. <laughs> I was just gonna jump back in, but good. Good. So Rig is now gonna move into our next segment, uh Poos in the News. Yes. Jai hate. But uh, Rig loves. So of course I do. Fifty percent of the people here want this to be happening. You're 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 like someone in a long term relationship. I'm tolerant, care and you're just like, look, whatever makes you happy. <laughs> After the love's gone, it's <laughs> so. Uh, Poo's the news. Rig brought this segment to the show. He keeps it alive through his enthusiasm for it, <laughs> because as we all know, it's running on heart. This segment, light light defeats dark. <laughs> I didn't mean it like that. <laughs> I meant like happy pizza. <laughs> you are the, Thank you, you are the dove of this podcast. <laughs> That's not at all what I meant, and I apologize <laughs> to everybody. But uh, Rig is gone. 
into the into the internet. <laughs> into like, the internet. Like like the cast of the Magic School Bus rig is inside the interweb, and he in has, the computer <laughs> he has found an instance in the news of uh, someone either pooping in public, having an issue with their uh, their bowel movements, or generally just a shit-related piece of news. There we really go. Really lowbrow. If you want, it goes for about six minutes. <laughs> so you can just skip right ahead. Or don't, because this week's edition is quite short and sharp. To your joy. Go on. Comes from far north Queensland. Oh. Reported first in the F- Townsville <laughs> Bulletin. FNQ. Land of the Cowboys. That's it. So 10 a.m. last Thursday, the police receive a call Go. regarding theft mm-hmm. in the suburb of Bowen. The thief had gone into their carport and yard and stolen multiple items. These items were an 8.5 kilo barbecue gas cylinder, six garden ornaments, six pot plants, and ten outdoor chairs. Great. He's stolen a fucking stolen Corona a ad. <laughs> he's stolen a Corona window display. <laughs> and before he's gone, he's just like, hmm, looked at it like an artist, looked around the carport and go, it's missing a little something. And he's done a Bob Ross with his own shit. <laughs> And has smeared shit all over the walls of the carport. Oh, Everywhere. That's... Cave painting style. People are going to be in Bowen. Don't know why you would be, but they'd be in Bowen thousands of years from now and be like, what does it all need? <laughs> I think that's some kind of beast. And those look like, hmm, primitive men. Yeah. <laughs> A primitive corona rat. <laughs> From where you'd rather be, shit all oh, over shit the walls. All over <laughs> yeah, that's a. Uh, I'm no detective, but that's. <laughs> I never said you were. <laughs> oh, sorry, <laughs> but that screams crime of passion. Mm. It takes passion. That's a lot of revenge. It takes passion to go full Jackson <laughs> Pollock with your own shit. No, no. Self-respecting pro-criminal decides at the end of the heist to shit on the floor and smear it on the walls. Like yeah. that's some real amateur hour stuff. Yeah, I know. But it, I mean, he just—I feel like I felt like he had the cra- creativity in him. He's there, standing there, and he's just walking out with his pot plants and fucking twenty deck chairs, and just just going, hmm, <laughs> putting his thumb up. <laughs> Just seeing what sort of shades he can work with. Yeah, he's got a he's got a fairly thin colour palette when you when you look at that. But uh... how do I portray the light best? <laughs> I will call it the blue stool. <laughs> <laughs> and so that is who's the news? Who's the news for this week? Yeah, that was short and sharp. That was still short at large. Uh, well, I mean, he was. That sounds like an inside job. I, you've heard it here first. When you look in the paper and find out that a Bowen homeowner got really drunk and shat in his garage and smeared yeah. all over the walls, that that's what just happened. This is uh, Kiwi who sold his car, <laughs> he sold his car pissed, pissed. all over again, just with shit. Yeah, absolutely. Which means that it is uh, time for our favourite segment, vis-a-vis my favourite segment, vis-a-vis your favourite segment. <laughs> <laughs> One star reservoir. Cue music. You! I want to take you to a one star! I want to take you to a one star! I want to take you to a one star! One star! Reservoir! Wow! Yeah! You got a theme song for your segment? 
<laughs> you want to fight about it? <laughs> Gus has been up since 5 a.m. today, and he is getting crabby. <laughs> I, I have been driving trucks of chips, <laughs> and I'm not going to explain to anybody why. <laughs> and you don't have to, man. You don't have to. Can't stop, won't stop. You literally looked at the wall like, I've seen some shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was, well, I'm... Th- this truckload of chips is your nam. <laughs> I'm quite concerned. Every time I look at a wall now, I'm just checking to see that it isn't covered in shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a PTSD thing. Um, anyway, so One Star Reservoir... There was Red Rock Deli everywhere. <laughs> Rick has gone through and looked for the world's best one-star reviews. So they could be... The responses to reviews from management of a hotel, they could be a restaurant review. We've done Uber reviews. Uh, We have, we are fans of all, all reviews that uh, start in a one star. Everybody's equal. And and have a a beginning, a middle and an end, or sometimes just an end. (laughs) We'll take any of them. So what do you got this week? Alrighty, first one, I'm not going to tell you what it's for because it's outlined in the actual review itself. Here we go. I thought this was going to be a game, but it's not. No. First of all, let it be known that I am a fan of everything Samuel Clemens, a.k.a. Mark Twain, has written. I've read it all, from Life on the Mississippi to Tom Sawyer to Tom Sawyer Abroad. Little tip, the sequel is better than the original. But somehow, I missed this one. Everyone in my so-called book club at work told me I had to read this awesome classic. So I splurged on a library card and gave it a go. I couldn't wait to read it, but I'm sorry to report, spoiler alert, it sucks. A complete waste of time. Ah! Huckleberry Finn? More like oh. suckleberry shit. Oh, that was... doesn't make any sense. What but... was Mr. Twain thinking? He wasn't. Huckleberry Finn, a nasty character, takes a freed slave down a river in a raft. They see some things almost tip over. Blah blah the end. And it's all written in pitiful child speak. Was Mr. Twain's keyboard broken? Sad. <laughs> oh. What was I thinking when I checked this out? I returned it late and had to pay a fine. I ripped up my library card and receipt for the payment. Yeesh, that was an adventure I never want to relive. Mr. Twain, I want my five hours and my 25 cents back. That was a review for the book? Yep. Firstly, he didn't (laughs) invest shit. He got a library card. What the fuck? You got to be really pissed to be that pissed about 25 cents. (laughs) Also, love to see some credentials because... Until you, sir, have written a yeah. <laughs> universally loved bestseller, you can just shut the fuck up. Don't, don't come in shut here. Shut the fuck up. Don't come in here swinging. Shut the fuck up. Your big <laughs> literature dick, <laughs> <laughs> expecting anyone to take any notice. Absolutely. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So that's the first one. Also, if you boil pretty much all plots of all stories yep. down to something stupid, like a two-sentence synopsis, and you're like, well, Tolkien, Lord of the Ring, (laughs) short man goes in search of volcano. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, okay, well, that doesn't sound that great. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I won't be reading that. Man versus shark, Jaws. That's just, (laughs) yeah. Fuck, we should, okay, we should do one. Uh, Actually... I reckon I could look it up. Have you have you ever come across the um, English to other language translations of famous films? I oh, I think I've seen some of them in the past. Yeah, there's there's some absolute crackers. I, my favourite one was the 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 movie with Justin Timberlake and Mila Kunis. Friends with Benefits is uh, in some markets just called Sex Friends. <laughs> 
there's an awesome one, which is the sixth sense, which in Japanese just translates to, he's a ghost. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's a ghost. <laughs> Can you imagine being Japanese and watching the end of that movie? <laughs> right. So that is, yeah, that is the first one. The second one, I'm taking you to supermarket reviews. Oh, yeah. A place we have not gone. Ha- there are- this is the final frontier. <laughs> this show. <laughs> Boundless territory in front of us. Supermarket reviews here, will be immense. Here it comes. Everyone is unhappy. Dear Coles. Oh, good. Last week I purchased some of your smart boy toilet tissue and I have some thoughts to share with you. <laughs> For my first use, I folded it twice like I normally would, but it was so weak it broke, at which point I realised I had fingered myself. (laughs) That's right. No romance, no weekend in Venice, just one swift digit up the wrong and in the cold bathroom. (laughs) So what exactly is smart about smart buy? My eyes certainly smarted a bit as I jabbed at my rectum, I spent the next few minutes in the saddest bathroom scene since Oscar Pistorius (laughs) debating whether to sacrifice a bath towel, a sock or a fleece of the first staff member I find at my local store. A few more minutes passed. The anger subsided and I made a second attempt. You see, this stuff might be half the price of branded stuff, but I found I needed to bandage it tightly seven to eight times around my hand to prevent me from molesting myself a second time, (laughs) leaving me looking like an Egyptian mummy that's just performed a prostate exam. (laughs) The feeling of shame was soon replaced with regret as I realised I I had better things within arm's reach to do the job. Even the pumice stone on the edge of my bath looked like it could do a better job than the stuff you supply. I noticed in the news today that your sales have dropped 7.5% in three months. Looks like it's not just the competition you can't wipe out. (laughs) At the very beginning of that, you described that as smart boy. And it's not by. Did I say smart boy? (laughs) (laughs) Definitely. Who's a smart smart boy? boy. Oh, oh, that my cheeks hurt. That is amazing. So that's the second one. So, if you (laughs) if you're trying to wipe your own ass and you are pushing so hard (laughs) with a finger (laughs) that you manage to jab yourself, you you need to rethink your technique. It's it's like wiping your ass with a stiletto. Oh, I'll just put a tissue on the end of this high heel and go to... Oh, my God. Ooh. <laughs> oh, okay. All so, right. here we go. Oh, that is some of your best work. Right. So, here's, here's, the, here's the next one. I'm in face pain. Here's the next one. It is, uh, it is a review for original source, like S-O-U-R-C-E, body wash. Okay. Um, original source, can we talk... I'd like to take you back to around 6.45 a.m. this morning when I stepped into my bath and found that my usual rather innocuous bottle of shower gel had run out. A tad irritating, but fortuitously, I had a solution close to hand. A brand new, unopened bottle of your very own mint and tea tree shower gel. My bodily cleanliness was assured once more. I breathed a sigh of relief. I took the mint and tea tree shower gel and began to work it into a lather. I applied it first to one leg, then the other, and shaved them diligently. Yes, feel free to be impressed at my commitment to body defoliation at 6.45am on a Wednesday morning. I was too. So far, so good. I'm not. 
I washed my arms and shaved underneath them. I washed my neck, breast, stomach and back. Thus far, it had been a positively first-class bathing experience. <laughs> and then... And then... Yeah. Oh, dear God. My vagina was ablaze. <laughs> For a moment, I wasn't entirely sure what had happened. Had I repeated the never-to-be-forgotten error when I managed to apply hair removal cream, which was strictly not for front bottoms, to my front bottom? Had a stray spark inadvertently set light to my pubic thatch (laughs) because it fucking felt like it. (laughs) Yes, original source, your innocuous-looking green bottle of so-called shower gel, it turns out, is an absolute fucking liability. My flaps were on fucking fire. I had a quick look at the ingredients list to see if it contained gasoline. It did not. There was a warning, though. Keep Keep away from eyes. Keep away from eyes. Keep away from eyes. Frankly, my eyes were the least of my problems right now. I frantically scrubbed my flaps, which by now felt as though they were being ceremoniously scrubbed by ants wearing ice skates laced with chili sauce. (laughs) 7,929 tingling leaves claimed the front of the bottle. Tingling. Tingling? This wasn't tingling my minge. It was starting a fucking bushfire down there. Some 12 hours later, my front bottom has finally calmed down, though may well be suffering from as-yet-unconfirmed PTSD. My eyes have eventually stopped watering, and so in the interests of public safety, I thought I would pen you this missive. May I suggest a rebranding of the front of your bottles of mint and tea tree shower gel, something along the lines of the following. 7,929 tingling leaves, which will accost your genitalia until it screams for mercy. (laughs) If nothing else, it will certainly stand out on the shelf. (laughs) Anyways, thanks for brightening up my morning and my front bottom, which has never been so lively. Oh, man. Please. I, I don't ask much of you. This is quite an easy working relationship and friendship if you ever say front bottom to me again we are fucking done (laughs) and that my friend is the end of one star reservoir for another week epic yes which means that we move on to the meteor portion of tonight's feast the plat du jour (laughs) of shit show this week Gus has gone away and he's gone through the annals of history to find a shit show worthy of this slot in the podcast. Gus, what have you got for us, buddy? Mate, wow. All right. Let's dive in. I'm taking you, my friend, to the 18th century. I know listeners... That's usually my sort of uh, MO. This is... For our first-time listeners or regular listeners, uh, you know that I, I kind of tend to stay pretty modern. You do. But do not tune out because this has all of the things you are looking for. All of the trimmings. All This, this, is, this is your underpriced, over-delivered special. Love it. Okay. Also, the guy's name is Gregor McGregor, <laughs> which... <laughs> Which, for anyone that's ever heard of Roger Rogerson, (laughs) people who have two first names or a first name and a variated uh, last name are always hilariously shady. Oh, yeah, definitely. So, born Christmas Eve, 1786, Gregor McGregor, (laughs) born born in Scotland. Yeah. No. Really? Well, it could be could be Irish. It's true. Could also be Irish. Could. But he's not. He's Scottish. He's Scottish. So, Gregor McGregor, 
Uh, he joins the... I'm going to skip through his entire formative life. Fair enough. Because it's all pretty stupid. Basically, uh, in in short, his dad was a sea captain. Uh, family were Roman Catholic, etc. And so he ends up in the army because his dad's like, you're an idiot. Go join the army. I hope in the future my life gets done to that. It's just like, anyway, he grew up, uh, didn't do a bunch of shit, and then he started this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) So he joins the British Army at 16, which is the youngest age that it's possible for him to do so. (laughs) That's, That's in fact... Get out of this house, you fucking bum. That's pretty close to the youngest age that it's possible to do most things, but... This is 17, what is it by this point? Like 1803. Yeah. So it's not, like he's only got about 20 or 30 years left. Or maybe I don't know how old people were (laughs) in the 1800s. Again, this is my first time going back in in time. Yeah. So here's the thing. His family purchases him a commission as as an ensign. I didn't know this was a thing. Right. But apparently in the 1800s, up to the late 1800s, so from about the middle 1700s to the late 1800s, yeah. you could just bypass all of the various levels and uh, tasks, trials, tribulations that it requires to step up ranks and just buy it. You, oh, <laughs> you could right. just buy officer ranks so you could just, for money. Right, okay. So his family goes, great, you're 16. You're a fuck up. Get in the army. You know what? We'll give you a head start. We'll pay for you to jump the queue for 450 pounds. Yeah. Which sounds suspiciously like going to Dreamworld and then being like, don't want a queue, pay 16 bucks. It's, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. it's that sort of a vibe. Yeah, 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 yeah. So his entrance to the military coincides with the start of one of the great battles of our, uh, of our world's history, yep. Napoleonic. Yep. So all the Napoleonic Wars uh, um, start. And he effectively becomes... A semi-soldier of fortune. Okay. Which which is okay. That's a that, that's a good that's a good thing at that time. He's in the British Army, but he's also doing able, mercenary work. Able to do or? some other stuff. So yeah. I'm gonna just roll through this military side of his life. Okay. Because it's not the crux of the story, but it is however, relevant. it is relevant. Okay. So he basically goes um, and post to Gibraltar, meets a, the daughter of a Royal Navy Admiral uh, marries her, etc. Comes back to the army, buys the rank of captain, <laughs> just because he can for about nine hundred pounds. Choosing not to wait the seven years. Oh my god! Such a promotion could take without purchase. So he becomes very unpopular in the army because he gets obsessed with dress. Medals that he hasn't earned and rank insignia that he has bought. Yeah. Forbades any enlisted man or non-commissioned officer to leave his quarters in anything less than full-dress uniform. Oh, my God. So he's a real cool guy. Yeah. Everyone loves being around Gregor McGregor. He's he's a teacher at a private school. He sure is. Yeah. So 1809. Yeah. His regiment, 57th foot, sent to Portugal for the Anglo-Portuguese War, which was the... Uh, French versus the British on behalf of the Portuguese. So the English and the Portuguese... That that is classic, confounding fucking 19th, 18th, 17th century European war. So so basically the Brits have gone to support the Portuguese who are fighting the Spanish. 
Okay. In Portugal. If I order a cracker. <laughs> so, as, he, as I've said, he's extremely unpopular in yeah. the British Army. He goes to Portugal for this, for this thing. Uh, in September, he is seconded to the Portuguese army by the British Army. Like he works <laughs> like for, like, Commonwealth would. Bank or something. <laughs> totally. Oh, got to go to this secondment. Got to go out to the fucking Portugal office. Totally. So he is sent to, sent to the Portuguese army where he serves with the rank of major from October 1809 to April 1810. And basically after that, retires from the British Army because they won't take him back. Yeah, okay. And the Portuguese Army are like, you're fucking weird. (laughs) (laughs) You uh, keep talking down to us and you're wearing medals that don't exist. (laughs) Yeah. This means that he gets his 1,350 pounds back for all the ranks that he bought Yeah, and goes back to Britain. So he heads back to to Britain. He and his wife, Maria, move into a house rented by his mum in Edinburgh where he then starts to form the basis of why this story is great. He, st- he assumes the title of Colonel, which wasn't earned <laughs> or purchased. <laughs> he, oh, my God, is this the start of KFC? <laughs> <laughs> he, he wears the badge of a Portuguese knightly order that he did not earn. Oh, my God. And he tours the city every day in an extravagant and brightly coloured coach. <laughs> so he's basically become... Jeffrey Edelston of the <laughs> 1980s Sydney Swans yeah, in yeah. his pink chopper. Yeah. He uh, doesn't attain high, uh, high social status in Edinburgh and he moves back to London where he begins styling himself as Sir Gregor McGregor, comma, Bart. What? Uh, and you've got to refer to him as that because he's the colonel. <laughs> <laughs> so he claims to have succeeded the McGregor clan chief- chieftainship, which d- is not true. Also... <laughs> He alludes to family ties with a selection of dukes, earls, and barons. None of this was based in anything but fantasy. Yeah. But he manages to main, to create this air of credibility and respect in London high society. Okay. He then, because he's uh, uh, because he is a man of uh, of aristocracy now, has a bit of an issue because in 1811 his wife dies. Yeah. She is the money. She's right, the high yeah, society. At the Admiral's daughter. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So he's only got he's only got two courses of action. If he announces his engagement to somebody else soon after that, then he will alienate himself from high society. Okay. However, going home to farm the McGregor land in yeah. Scotland is way too dull for him. Oh yeah. So He's only really when, when you're like those are his two options. You told me that first option. I'm like, it sounds right up his alley. Yeah, it really does. So he's only really experienced with military, obviously, and so he basically says, "Great, what wars are going? What can, what can I do?" Ends up in Venezuela. <laughs> <laughs> he just heads over there. He gets deep into uh, into Venezuela in 19, in 1812. Arrives in the capital, Caracas. And unfortunately for him, he arrives a fortnight, a fortnight after much of the city's been destroyed by an earthquake. So no one is particularly pumped to see yeah. anybody, let alone a bloke who has... Fucking Colonel Sanders. <laughs> who has unbelievably draconian dress sense and talks down to everybody. Yeah. He ends up meeting this chick because he claims he's a knight of the Portuguese Order of Christ. He is selling some 
bullshit. Oh, yeah. Some serious bullshit. Serious snake oil here. Yeah. Sir McGregor, uh, he's saying that he's a uh, he's a former British Army colonel, mm-hmm. uh, et cetera. He creates this fake battle that he that he won. <laughs> um, it's, they... <laughs> Venezuela go, well, fuck. All right. We'll take you. There's no fucking LinkedIn back then. Nope. Nope. There is no background <laughs> do you ha- checks. Do you have a reference? No. Nope. Okay, you're in. Yeah. <laughs> we cannot be asked. Yeah. We just had an earthquake two days ago. <laughs> the, uh, the Battle of Ramalamadigong. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, he ends up uh, marrying someone else, as you could probably see coming, which uh, is Donna Josefa Antonia Andrea. Aristaguita y Levora. <laughs> that is so incorrect. Oh my god! I apologise to she, she became all... super Italian at the end there. <laughs> Latin speakers, Spanish speakers. Um, <laughs> she's the daughter of a prominent family in Venezuela, and also a cousin of uh, Simon Bolivar. Oh, um, right, okay. Anyway, end of the month, the head of the Venezuelan military goes great. Uh, Gregor McGregor, Colonel Sir Gregor, <laughs> I'm going to promote you based on your incredible military experience to Brigadier General. Oh my God! And and Gregor's like, fuck yeah! Didn't even have to pay for this one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the revolutionary cause was uh, was running into trouble in Venezuela, so the royalists took the key port of Puerto Cabello. <laughs> <laughs> You're not even trying. Uh, so the Republic rolls over. So Royalists v. Republic. Yeah. Um, this basically then means that there's a heap of other other stuff that goes on in Venezuela with, with Gregor in the Venezuelan military. Mm-hmm. I'm going to roll all of that into, into one big ball because it is a lot of not that interesting military service. Yeah. The whole crux of uh, what happened is that he becomes very respected in Venezuelan military circles. Wow, okay. Uh, based on pretty much no one... Nothing? ...doing anything, <laughs> especially him. Based on nothing. So he ends up uh, in this situation where the he's in Honduras, which is known as uh, mm. Mosquito... <laughs> The, the murder capital of the world, <laughs> totally, yeah. and and there's a there's a situation whereby he is given some land. Uh, the court of King George Frederick Augustus of the Mosquito Coast, which is basically the Gulf of Honduras. Now. Okay, yeah, uh, Mosquito people, uh, they're descendants of uh, African slaves, indigenous people. He w- he played a hand in helping to defend some of their land. Uh, it's, not, it's not that important. Basically, the king says to, says to him, great, thanks so much for that. So in 1820, the king signs a document granting McGregor and his heirs a substantial swathe of mosquito territory. Okay. Approximately 8 million acres. Jesus, <laughs> which is Fuck. just like larger than Wales. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't know if the king didn't realise how many zeros is put yeah. after it, but he, but it gives him a dick ton of uh, of space in yeah. 
uh, in Mosquito. The only problem with this is that all the land that he's been given is completely uninhabitable. <laughs> so it's Australia. <laughs> it is, it's way worse. It's totally unfit for cultivation of any crops whatsoever. Yeah. Uh, can't really run livestock. There are some furious indigenous locals. Yeah, I understand. Yes, the parallels to Australia. <laughs> Thank you, Rig. <laughs> so it's roughly a triangle, um, and it is really, really... Uh, it's not a place that you could you could possibly ever live. Really dense yeah. um, jungle, a couple of couple of huts. There's hardly anyone lives there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it is basically it's life. like National Geographic. Exactly. Yeah. So this is where our portion of the story really sort of kicks into gear. Yeah. So as you can see from all of the character development up to here, Gregor McGregor is a serial liar. He does not mind. A bending of the truth. Yeah. So he dubs this area Poyes based on nothing. <laughs> he just <laughs> he just names it. Um it's apparently based on the uh on the natives of the of the highlands around the Black River source, who were not called Poyes, they were like the Pyres, but he's decided to just make it make yeah. it his own thing. Make it his own, put his own thumbprint on it. Yep. And so he returns to London. Yeah. Calling himself the Kazik of Poyos, which is a Spanish-American word for a native chief, <sighs> which is effectively the prince. Yeah. He claimed to have been created so by the Mosquito King, but in fact, both the title and Poyos were of his own invention. <laughs> so basically, he is in a situation where... 99.999% of people would return to London and go, yeah, I got all this land, pretty terrible, but uh, yeah, I don't know, maybe I'll go visit it someday. Yeah. Instead, he takes the incredibly small minority route, which is to start selling the dream of Poyers to investors. Was this like the first fucking pyramid scheme? Okay. Oh, no way. Now you're on board. Here is the go. <coughs> Gregor McGregor, at the time, <laughs> at the time that he returns to London, the financial climate in the 1820s is ideal for this kind of scheme. Napoleon's yeah. been defeated. British economy's expanding steadily. Yeah. It's, there's a lot of manufacturing. Industrial revolution. Cost of living yeah. was falling. Um, yeah, absolutely. Industrial revolution. Interest rates were going down, but... And so there's heaps of money in London. Yeah. Just fucking sacks of the stuff. Yeah. And everybody has has their figure as Gold many... Gold doubloons! As many investment pies as they can. And the big thing that everyone's going, got to get some of this... Land. ...is... Nope. It is investing in loaning... It is investing in loaning... South American or Latin American countries money because they will at at that time they were paying on those sorts of bonds about five percent right guaranteed five percent to government they collect the tax they pay you you like it's that's really high yeah at that time the yeah, yeah. the Brits were paying bonds for about three yeah so 
uh, people were right into investments because they'd started to get involved with things like mining companies that would yeah. pay a 300% return, etc. Um, but the collapse of the Spanish Empire meant there was suddenly all these new Latin American countries right, who right, were right, desperate right. for investment yeah. and were offering these great these great returns. Yeah, yeah. So places like uh, Brazil, Colombia, Mexico, Guatemala, you know, like real countries. Yeah. Like yeah. places that have people. And, and actual names and, and exist. And money. Yeah. Um, not a lot of it, but still some. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, investors are hunting for returns. Gregor McGregor starts offering Poyer's loans, yeah. bonds, at 6%. So he undercuts the whole market. Yeah, yeah. He's giving investors this unbelievable return, this opportunity, and he offers a two hundred thousand pound total bond at six percent. Fuck. So for people who want to give him two hundred thousand pounds, they would get paid back at a guaranteed six percent, a similar rate, slightly better than the rates paid by Peru, Chile, Colombia. Yeah. However. Unlike these countries, Poyes has no record of collecting tax or a system for doing so. Oh. And and McGregor is up front and say and says we don't we don't collect tax, but we do uh, have a thriving society. <laughs> it's uh, a a land that is the it's the field of dreams. It's Nevada, <laughs> <laughs> and. It's so abundant in natural resources that export tax revenue, once the the country gets its seed capital, and its and its first its first boatload of educated, uh, white collar, smart visionaries there, yeah, the export tax they'd all be making would easily cover the the interest payments on the debts and everyone would double their money and yeah. uh, and then they'd also they'd they'd cultivate the land it, and they'd live yeah. their best lives and the rest of it. It was it was it was free money. Yeah. Yes. Correct. So the Poyer settlement scheme here is the batshit part of all of this because up to here, it's like, yeah, it's a guy who's just selling an island. Yeah. That he got given. It's like, yeah, okay. Gregor McGregor creates an entire... <laughs> an entire propaganda campaign. Oh, my God. <laughs> including, oh. What, including what, in hindsight, is quite obviously the first Lonely Planet-style travel guide. Oh, it's really? 355 pages Holy written shit. by a guy called Thomas Strangeways, who <laughs> happens to, <laughs> funnily enough, be Gregor McGregor. Yeah, of course. He writes a... Strangeways. <laughs> Dr. Thomas Strangeways. He lived at 123 <laughs> Fake Street, London. <laughs> so, writes a 355-page uh, guide to... Uh, being awesome in Poyers. It's a travel guide. It talks about um, a lot of the great things about Poyers. I'm just going to walk you through a couple of them, Rig. A couple of the choice excerpts of, I what, cannot wait. of what you could look forward to as a settler of Poyers. Okay. The natives were not only friendly, but loved the British. <laughs> Said no natives ever. Yeah. The soil was not just fertile, 
but capable of sustaining three maize harvests per year, where uh, only two per year had ever been experienced in any other part of the world. Oh, my God. The water supply was not just clean, clear, and abundant, but in the streams of Poyes, there were chunks of gold! Oh, what? <laughs> chunks what of gold, the Rig. Fuck? The water's clean, there's this heaps is, of it, this and in so- the water, once you've drunk it, look down. What's that? <laughs> it's gold! All of this is a pokey machine. It's amazing. It's a pokey machine. <laughs> Isn't it? Uh, the settlers should not have fallen for this because they were not common folk. They were people who had the sort of money at that point to buy into this scheme. Yeah. They were bankers, doctors, lawyers, re- retired military yeah. guys, lawyers. And they bought this hook, line, and sinker, Good which Lord. is, it is amazing. It's it, it's amazing, so he, yeah, he promises of uh, of also that the forests were filled with valuable timber. Uh, the it was strategically well placed near and the tree, m- gold the trees, <laughs> no leaves, just gold, only gold leaves. Yeah, so they're also uh, strategically well placed near Panama. Uh, with plans at that time for a canal being mooted even in the early eighteen hundreds. Mm-hmm. So there's a shitload of great stuff in this prospectus. Yeah. All of it. All of this. So the settlers, they jump on. The investors say, great, we're in as well. And so he manages to sell two different sorts of people. He sells investors that want to go and settle. Yeah. And investors that want the returns. Yeah. The investors that want to go and settle... He puts on a series of boats. Shit. Here this is, is, this is... This sounds like the fire festival of the, of the 1800s. This is the fire festival of all real estate. <laughs> <laughs> because, uh, yeah, he's got these boats. He targets fellow Scots. He targets them because he effectively says to them, we're, we're Scotsmen. I'm a Scot. You're a Scot. A Scot would never lie to another Scot. They're like, yes, <laughs> correct. <laughs> so from from there... <laughs> it's just, Can't argue with that. This guy's speaking some serious truth over here. Uh, which is amazing because then he goes into this uh, this offshoot where for anyone that didn't believe him or was, or was a bit iffy on the details, they're like, oh, it's... I don't know, I just need a bit more evidence. He gives them this this travel guide written by Dr. Thomas Strangeways and says, Oh, no. You don't need to believe me. Uh, believe but, Thomas but Strangeways. Can you, are you smarter than a medical doctor like Thomas Strangeways? <laughs> and they read this thing, which is <laughs> unbelievably detailed, and go, yeah. well, no one could ever possibly lie this deep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if this is if this is a lie, then I guess I'm in for the ride. Said said none of them. They thought it was legit. <laughs> they thought it was epic. So oh also God. he set, sold them on this thing because a lot of the settlers felt envy uh, because Scotland had no colonies and England had all these colonies. Of course, They're like yeah. great. Poyes. You got some colonies. I, go, I want some colonies. Let's, let's go. Let's go make a Scottish colony. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so he fills seven ships off people. Fuck <laughs> me. Two set out ahead of the others. The Honduras packet 
departs from London in 1822, whereas the Kennersley Castle departs from Leith on January uh, 22nd, 1823, and they both carried about 250 settlers. Shit. So shit goes south really fast. I bet. You know why? Because everything's fucked. One of the ships sinks, can't find the island. Oh, and they so they sail to what they think the coordinates are, can't find it, don't have enough rations, <laughs> so they just sail around looking for it. Heap of people die. Oh fuck! The other ship finds it, but go go ashore and discover that the natives are not friendly to British. <laughs> the place not psyched. <laughs> the not pl- psyched to see them. <laughs> the jungle is not filled with valuable wood. Just. Incredibly difficult to get through <laughs> overgrowth. And the water, it's unfortunately not filled with gold. <laughs> so they're starting to feel pretty pissed. Uh. Mostly because they swam ashore, excited about their new life, pushing their barrels of supplies for 12 months in front of them, not thinking that seawater and 1800s barrels equals no provisions. So oh, all their shit no. gets wet and they have no, they have no food. Oh also, it's it's a difficult one, but uh, they really, really did not think this one through. And people start infighting the officer class, the bankers and clerks, because they were assuming that they were going to roll into this city yeah. that was already built. They'd been given fake Poyer's money. Oh, <laughs> he, what? Yeah, old mate he of, invented old currency? Old mate invented currency. Oh, my God. He was just... Man, he, was, he was game of life here. He's, Holy he's just like, fuck. yeah, you'll need this when you get to Poyer's. <laughs> <laughs> Enjoy the gold. Uh, so <laughs> these these bankers bankers get there. They refuse to help set up camp, which is really unhelpful for everybody else. Oh yeah, hunting and fishing trips are badly organised because everybody's a banker or a clerk yeah, or a lawyer yeah, yeah. or a doctor. Uh, they begin fighting over the remaining rations. The wet season sets in because they Shit. they are way too in. They're, yeah. they're, they're, they're like, they're invested. Yeah. They still think that somehow shit's going to get better and that they can make the best of this so they just stay. Wet season sets in. Children begin to die. Fuck. Huts are made like shit because obviously yeah. the bankers and the clerks. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so these, these guys are in trouble. So it's down to one man. One man has to save them. Oh, my God. I thought it was the, like, it's all down to, like, everyone's died except for one For man. one bloke. No. Uh, the bravest and most able settler on the island goes, time for me to go and get help. So he builds a canoe. And shortly after setting out to get help, he incredibly <laughs> uh, logically drowns. <laughs> Because I shouldn't be laughing so hard. Because it, they, they, I just had this vision of this big burly dude, and he's just fucking making it out of like this abundant timber, and he's just going, "Don't worry, Mary, I'm going to find help." And then as soon as he goes like thirty meters out, he drowns. He just, he just drowns. Yeah, you're what you're thinking of is a scene out of the Disney movie Moana. <laughs> so the it's also this it's. I think it's funny because it's been quite some time. Yeah. But an Edinburgh cobbler who has rounded up all of his money. Yeah. He's dropped it into this investment because he was promised by Gregor McGregor the title of 
official shoemaker in Poyer's has just about enough of it and just decides to end it. So shoots himself. Oh my god! So people, oh. people are not having a good time. Yeah, fuck. So everybody's dying. So a passing ship in May comes to the rescue and starts ferrying these settlers out. But malaria, yellow fever, oh. and malnutrition has already ravaged everybody. These guys, yeah. two thirds of them, uh, two thirds of them are dead. Yeah, right. Word of all this reaches London. The British Navy sends uh, sends ships out to catch and turn back the five other boats filled with what twelve hundred and fifty settlers that have sent that have been sent out. Yeah, yeah. To Poyers. You know Stockholm syndrome, right? <laughs> yeah, I do. Yeah. So these remaining settlers that have survived, basically Lord of the Flies. Yeah. They've watched a bloke carve a canoe out of a tree <laughs> set off and then drown in front of them yeah. and the cobbler shot himself yeah <laughs> this has not gone well <laughs> they get back to london and unfathomably don't blame mcgregor they blame what? they blame the captain of their ship and say that they got sent to the wrong island and mcgregor's like yep yeah, sure did oh. you didn't see the gold river oh <laughs> <laughs> you, you didn't. You didn't meet all the friendly natives. They love the Brits. Oh, it's the wrong island. Oh, there's it's the place, wrong uh, island. A place called Pa's. Oh, see, on Poyes, if you make a canoe out of a tree, it's a plane. <laughs> <laughs> that never would have happened on Poyes. What? Impossible to shoot yourself Excuse on Poyes. Sir McGregor, what's a plane? Shut up. <laughs> Shut up. It's eighteen twenty. <laughs> oh fuck. Fair. <laughs> <laughs> so. He he continues <laughs> in just a mind fuck. He continues to sell investment in Poyers in yeah. London. People just keep buying this shit. They can't, they can't get enough of it. So eventually, the uh, the British government steps in, <laughs> mostly because. Uh, McGregor, <laughs> McGregor hears that. So that first boat that comes back, yeah, um, is uh, the people who. There's a bunch of people on there who are like, yeah, but it's we don't blame McGregor. It was the captain. He hears that there's another boat that's coming back. Yeah, that's that's full of. Uh, it turns out that the the people who were like we don't blame McGregor were on the ship that got lost. So the second boat that's coming back is the blokes who were on the island. Yeah, like the, the drowning and the shooting himself. Yeah. yeah. So he hears that they are none too pleased. Yeah. Gets the fuck out of Dodge. Yeah. So he leaves London. Uh, he basically goes, yep, I've got to leave uh, for a short trip because my wife is of ill health. Yeah. And the British government are like, we don't care. Don't just, come back. Just leave. <laughs> so he goes to Paris. Okay. Now, what's the one thing that historically con men have always done? Kept selling the same idea. Shit, yeah. You know who loves Poyers? <laughs> the French. The French. <laughs> the French love Poyers. Oh, no. So he's in Paris. <laughs> he's wheeling and dealing. <laughs> and the French are going nuts for this <laughs> Rivers of Gold island. <laughs> 
I'm just, you can't see me on this podcast, but I'm just fucking face palming. <laughs> so, fortunately, the the newspaper it was a thing in uh, by this point in the in the eighteen hundreds. So the London press are basically going for McGregor. They're they're running a story every day. Yeah. But also, if you've kept up with any part of European politics and uh, and internal country relations over the past five hundred years, the French and the English they don't get along so great. They don't. <laughs> so the French are like. He was like, yeah, he's, he's Poyes. Viva la Poyes. Yeah. <laughs> and the English media are like, seriously, like, we're not sorry for all the shit in the past, but no joke. We hate you and we're still <laughs> we're trying still to look, trying out, to for look out for you. Not joking when we say literally a guy built a canoe and drowned and a cobbler shot himself. <laughs> yeah. Don't believe this guy. So the French buy it and uh, the. And McGregor effectively runs this exactly the same scam and manages to set up a couple of ships ready to leave for Poyes. 30 of them get passports because you need passports by this point. Right, okay. So they have to apply to the French government yeah. to get a passport. The French government have one of the most fortuitous red flags in history that pops up when they're trying fucking world map <laughs> when they when they pull out a map of the globe oh i got it <laughs> oh i got it and realize that the reason that they can't find what the code is for this particular passport is because poyes ain't no country nope so all these people they're on the boat they're ready to go however an obscure London bank lends three hundred thousand pounds to Gregor McGregor because McGregor publishes a new Poyasian constitution in Paris in oh. August eighteen twenty five. This time, describing it as a republic, which then put it under an entirely different set of rules. Thus, Thomas Jenkins and Company gave him uh, gave him a three hundred thousand pound loan in exchange for bonds, etc. But there's no real evidence that the bonds were ever received. Yeah, but the cash was anyway. So when they're about to leave, these 30, 30 Frenchmen uh, or French people, they're they're at the at the dock, and the French government rock up. The cops are like, guys. Don't get on the ship. <laughs> We're extremely confident that this island does not exist. <laughs> yeah. So, off you get. So, McGregor once again goes into hiding in the French provinces uh, and insists he's innocent. They want to try him for fraud. He's arrested after three months. <laughs> the French try and, uh, and put, him on, put him on trial... It just, it just doesn't go well, and they send him back to, uh, back to Britain. <laughs> Effectively, tell me Britain's had enough. <sighs> he goes back to London, where the furor following the Poirier survivors returning and bad mouthing him had died down. <laughs> So in what is an un 
unbelievably oh, stupid move. Don't. It's don't. A, it's an economic downturn. Don't. All these Londoners had heard about this £300,000 loan uh, from Thomas Jenkins and company. Remember that? Yeah. So they see this as a show of faith no. in Poyer's. <laughs> don't. Don't do this to me. Because <laughs> McGregor gets himself some publicists. Oh, for fuck's <laughs> sake. Who assert that the only reason the previous loans had defaulted was because one of his agents had, had embezzled all of the money. Oh. And all the investors buy this. He's a, McGregor's arrested soon after he returns to Britain, uh, but he's released without charge because no one can do any kind of basic oh, litigation <laughs> at this point. So he initiates a simpler, less ornate version of the Poyers scheme, <sighs> describing himself simply as the Kakik of the Republic of Poyers and starts a fucking travel office. No. At 23 Threadneedle Street, which I assume is a fake street. <laughs> <laughs> he persuades Thomas Jenkins and company, the guys who gave him the loan in the first place, who he never gave the bonds to, to act as brokers for an £800,000 loan <sighs> issued on 20-year bonds at 3% interest. 800,000 pounds rig in 1827. It's today that's billions of dollars. I have never been more angry <laughs> and exasperated and exhausted about people's stupidity and about fucking Gregor McGregor. I'm about to walk out of this fucking booth. I'm so angry. <laughs> so I cannot believe I cannot believe this. I actually can't. It's amazing. So he <laughs> McGregor in what has gone from a lie to high-scale both currency fraud and Ponzi scheme oh. is printing bonds at nominal values of £250, £500, and £1,000. What the fuck? <laughs> Here's the point at which he starts in 1828 just selling certificates for land in Poyers. This is because he finds out that the land that he was given, that land ownership, he never actually took it up. So that has lapsed. Right. So a lie that was kind of had a fragment of truth. Yeah. Or a, a, fra a, a fragment. Yeah. I don't think fragment is a word. No, it's, it's not. <laughs> a fragment of truth has zero truth anymore. Yeah. And here's the point at which... King Robert Charles Frederick, who was the successor to George Frederick Augustus, the bloke who was like, have whales in Honduras, yeah. finds out about Gregor McGregor right, and Poyas. Here we go. What would you do if you are the, the head of a country where a guy's been Look, running a credit scam? Out of it for the past 15 years. I would say imprisonment, but I'm that angry at this point, I'm going for execution. Nope. Instead, he goes, oh, there's some money to be made. So, <laughs> what? <laughs> creates his own thousands of certificates what? covering the same invented country. Oh, my using God. Using the same prospectus because, oh. <laughs> because they're like, oh, shit. Well, I mean... 
they're buying it. Oh my it's a, fucking god! It's a seller's market. Yeah. And they start offering them to lumber companies in London who buy them by the bucket full, oh directly competing god. with McGregor. So when the original investors demand their long overdue interest, McGregor could only pay with more certificates. <laughs> and this is the point at which... I hate this. I hate, I hate this. <laughs> There's a point at which every dishonest man and his dog in London sets up a Poyer's travel office. Oh, so what? these these land land certificates. So they are like they are like the betting companies of now. Yeah. Every, so all these land certificates, they set up their own poi Asian offices in London. They offer land in competition with both McGregor and the Mosquito King. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Yep. Yeah. So it all comes to a head. In 1834, he goes back to Scotland. He's like, nah, competition's become too too crazy. My reputation's shot. Lives in Edinburgh. He pays uh, some of the uh, the money on a new house by not getting a job, but by issuing yet another series of Poyasian land certificates because they're still buying them, Rig. It's 1834. They're still buying them. This thing hasn't died. Oh, fuck this. So fuck this. So 1836. He's like, okay, enough's enough. I'm coming clean. I actually own a smaller republic right next to Poyasia. No, what the fuck? Are you kidding me right now? Yeah, he published the Constitution for a Smaller Republic, set oh. it on the region surrounding the Black River. And describes himself as the president. Oh, my God. McGregor sells some land certificates uh, for this, gets some interest. But here's the thing. 1837, enough's enough. Words out. And the last land certificate for what is known as Poyes, the fake island with rivers of gold, trees of value, and canoes that fly... Is sold. And the con is up. So, <sighs> McGregor realises that he's got nothing left. It's time to go back to the place that he loves. Venezuela. Oh. The colonel returns. <laughs> Make it stop. His wife dies. Prob- probably out of shame. <laughs> So in October 1838, McGregor applies for citizenship and restoration to his former rank in the Venezuelan army, manages to fabricate an elaborate backstory about all of the work he's been doing for Venezuela overseas and is granted full back pay and a Venezuelan pension. (sighs) I don't know what you want me to say. I don't know what he's, you wanted me to say. He's confirmed, this he's is confirmed as a Venezuelan citizen. ridiculous. And an honorary divisional general in the Venezuelan army. <laughs> with, with, a, <laughs> with a full pension. Settles in the capital. He becomes a respected member of the local community. When does this fucker die? 
4th of December, 1845, Gregor McGregor dies. Thank fuck. He's buried with full military honours. Oh, fuck off. And his, and his funeral is attended by President Carlos Sublet, uh. cabinet ministers, military chiefs of Venezuela marching behind the coffin, obituaries extolled General McGregor. Uh. <laughs> Heroic and triumphant retreat to Barcelona in 1816 and described him as a valiant champion of honesty and integrity. Oh, fuck off. (laughs) Fuck off, Gus. (laughs) So here's the thing. Back in Scotland, at the McGregor clan graveyard near Loch Katrine, the clan memorial stones make no mention of Gregor McGregor He's been wiped from all records Good. of their family. But here's the thing, Rig. The part of today's Honduras that was supposedly called Poyes remains undeveloped and could be a boon for a lucky man like you. Because <laughs> you, my friend, I want to tell you about a little country called <laughs> Gustavia. So the rivers, the rivers are whatever you want them to be. You look at a thing, it becomes it. <laughs> You look at okay, so the animals, the animals speak, but only only in extolling tones of your own virtue. Oh. Fuck, man, and that is the story oh of Gregor McGregor God. and Poyes. That is <laughs> fucking ridiculous. I don't even know what to say. I I've never been. <laughs> you no, were furious. No, no, that whole no, thing? no thing that we have done so far has made me elicit that much <laughs> anger. That was just fucking ridiculous. It just it just doesn't stop. It doesn't. And and that's the thing. I was reading a reading in the backstory for this a lot about uh, these insane neurological deficiencies that con men have, where they rationalise what they're doing by by going, no, I've like this is a great opportunity. They've bought their own bullshit so hard, so so hard. Uh, but yeah, I mean, look. Oh, oh, here's the other thing. He created a flag. Obviously, he got the ships that were going to Poyes to fly the flag. He made up these badges and medals and stripes for the military of Poyes that he would wear. I'm done. <laughs> I'm done. A complex just... honor system for Poyes. <laughs> he bestows titles on the most senior settlers and the highest ones on himself. <sighs> I'm just, I'm done. I've had it. I've fucking had it with this fucking guy. <laughs> I cannot fucking believe this. Ugh! Anyway, that that's the story of Greg McGregor. I know. I'm, st- I'm still I'm still seething. I'm still seething, and I'm going to be seething for a long time. Well, you're going to be seething, my friend, until you see the white white beaches of Poyas. <laughs> that mate, that was. That was something else. <laughs> it was a bit, and of a, I, bit of a journey, isn't it? That's fucked. I, anyway, I've got to get back into the right frame of mind <laughs> to tell people how to get in contact with us. Please visit us on our Facebook page. We are just under Shit Show. Make sure you look us up. You can subscribe to our podcast on iTunes um, from that point. You can also visit our big new shiny website, yeah. shitshow.com.au. You can subscribe to the podcast from there to go straight to your podcast app every week. Um, we do a whole bunch of 
content and articles and stuff yep. up there as well. So all the, we all the supporting stuff the, for the show. In the show. I, I've got a great image for it this week. It is a couple of excerpts from the 355-page Lonely Planet oh. Guide of Poyos, which, uh, which Rig you, is, is going to hate. No, but you're you, going to post it because I'm going to be too angry. You can see in the, in the picture the gold in the river. Oh. It's amazing. It's really there. No one looked hard enough, Rig. Too too busy too busy complaining and just hunting and getting getting lost. They not McGregor's fault. Please. They just couldn't they couldn't sail properly. Please also or make canoes. Please also properly. follow us on Twitter. <laughs> At, show, at Shit Show Cast, I'm so emotionally fucking drained right now. Absolutely. Because Gregor McGregor I, is the biggest piece of shit I've ever heard. And, and that's, that's completely fine. I'd be the same in your position if I hadn't yet jumped on the bandwagon for the great new land of Poyes. Get on Poyes. www.poyesrocks.com. Get around it. I mean, .biz. Couldn't afford .com. We'll see you next week. Ships are leaving next week. See you then. Ba 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 